Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs are going to get together every week and discuss the important things in life, like how I did not write an intro to this because I am experiencing some very severe creative burnout. Uh, this week we have with us Adam Terry. Hello. We have Alfred Clark, or also known as Al Penny Blue. Hello there. We have Emily Kuklinski, also known as The Punny Emily. Well, hello. And me, your host, is May Hutton, also known as a teacup gamer. So this week we are talking about how to create monsters. So, so you know, monsters that you don't necessarily have to rip right out of the uh, monster manual. Um, but we're also doing something a little bit different today because we have each created monsters uh, for for the stream. So we've created some monsters. We're gonna go on about how to do a little bit of making your own shit, how we came up with the process of it, and what our creatures actually are. And hopefully, hopefully it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking, fucking cool. And if not, then it wasn't my idea, so whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, we've got the D4 that's gonna tell us who's going first, and I swear to fuck, if it fucks me again, we are never doing this again. Are okay. you using a real D4 or okay. roll 20? I'm using a real D4. I need that good audio effect of the this. I need that. Oh, yeah. I'm also not using that result, even though it wasn't mine, because I feel like that's cheating. Note, okay. listeners, DMs are always cool. fudging their dice rolls. Shh, shh, shh. That's for another episode about how we're all disgusting liars. It's not you, it's us. Oh, God. But yes, okay, we got this. Are we ready? First up. Ooh, first up, we've got Adam Terry. Adam, what's your monster? Oh, okay. I was kind of hoping that I wasn't going to go first, but uh, I guess <laughs> we'll get right helps. into it. Because I, I want to do something I think that I, I'm hoping was a little bit different than what you guys did. Ooh, okay. um, I have, for this week's Monster Factor, created a Dalek um, from the serial Doctor Who. <laughs> Damn it, I created a Dalek. Damn it. <laughs> oh no, I created a Dalek as well. No! Good thing I made a Cyberman. You got my, your chocolate in my peanut butter. God damn. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, let's go. Yeah, so for those of you out there who aren't necessarily the most uh, original, um, for those of you who are willing to get a little derivative in your campaigns, you can always take a monster from something else and just adapt it to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, so how I did this was I took, I went straight into one of my favorite uh, tools for creating a campaign called Kobold Fight Club. Have you guys heard of this, Kobold Fight Club? Kobold, oh, yeah. Is it, is... yeah. Is it just like a website or? Yeah, it's a, so what this is, is it's a website. Um, I think it's kobold.club, so K-O-B-O-L-D.club. Um, and what it does okay. is it actually has the, uh, the fifth edition monsters guide loaded into it. And you can create encounters based on experience difficulty and uh, basically search the entirety of the monsters guide to build your encounter. It doesn't have the... Um, the actual descriptions of the monsters, but it does have all of their challenge ratings uh, and their alignments, their types, and the source of it. I think it has a couple different sources besides the monster manual, so you can create your encounter and then go to your monster manual and look up what it is. So um, in order to create the Dalek, I wanted to create something that was gonna be pretty difficult to beat as Daleks are the most mm -hmm. feared race in the universe. Oh, I should probably mention for anyone out there who isn't uh, a Doctor Who uh, <laughs> watcher, a Dalek, yeah is essentially, a Dalek is the most feared warrior race in the universe. Um, they're a race of hive mind, 
ev- uh, evil, sort of lawful evil alignment, or maybe not law. Yeah, I'd say lawful evil alignment. Uh, monsters yeah. that are uh, made of a trash can with an egg beater and a plunger, and a couple light bulbs sticking off the top of their head. Um, spooky R two D two. Terrifying. Yeah, they're a little bit like uh, an R two D two shape. Spooky um, but boy. They, but they're they're super evil. They like to scream, exterminate. Um, so I wanted to take this and adapt it to Dungeons and Dragons because in my campaign um, we have sort of a technomancy thing going on. So I figured a Dalek could actually fit in there somehow, and it could be powered by sort of magical batteries. Um, but without without worrying too much about how this Dalek is powered, um, I decided to go ahead and try to adapt it. So I went into Kobold Fight Club. I looked up uh, one a monster that would be challenge rating ten, since I figured that was about good for I think one Dalek should be should be a hard fight but not an impossible one because typically these things tend to come in armies or groups at least um, so if you're if you're gonna have an, uh, a world ending campaign uh, where you're fighting Daleks you want a bunch of challenge rage ten, uh, challenge tens and not a bunch of challenge 20s you know yeah uh, so I actually opened up uh, the monster manual to look at the Abolith just to get sort of a sense of where the stats were for something that might be comparable challenge rating. And then I went ahead and gave it stats. I gave it an armor class, um, speed, HP. So I'll just read this off real quick. Its strength is 15. Its dexterity is 9 because Daleks don't have legs or arms. They don't tend to be... (laughs) quick moving Um, that's like pretty high i feel like that's super high for a fucking like evil trash yeah they might even yeah i think they might even have less yeah Yeah, that's it's true it still is a challenge rating 10 though yeah and they have been known to move like strangely quickly in the show when it suits stephen moffat's purposes (laughs) um i guess they can hover upstairs now as well they can hover and that actually does play in here um later on good because and I, I love the difference between old who and new who uh, when it comes to that. I gave them a constitution of fifteen. Figure like they're pretty constitute. I gave them an intelligence of twenty one. Um, looking at the ablith, the ablith did have a stat that was twenty one. I think it was actually okay. wisdom. Um, but I felt the Dalek deserved a pretty high intelligence rating. Yeah. Um, so that's a plus five to intelligence rolls. Uh, Eighteen to cool. wisdom because Daleks uh, ain't no dummies. They have waged eternal war on the universe, and they always survive, so there must be a little bit of wisdom there. Uh, and I gave it a charisma rating of 12 uh, to give it a plus one. What? Because... Like, I, I'll go another 21 on that one. Like, have you not, like, listened to Daleks and just thought, you know what? They got some mm. fucking good points. Well, I, I tell you. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing what you're saying about this exterminate. I mean, like, it's a good, it's a good plan. Like, it's solid. It's one step. It's to the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's re- it really is very single-minded creatures. Uh, that came in a lot later when I was thinking about whether or not they should have good deception stats because uh, Daleks have had some pretty deceiving plans, but they don't typically lie very well to your face. Um, so I had to give that kind of a lot of thought. So I gave them uh, some decent saving throws. You know, you just set those up with whatever feels right for the character you're going with. Uh, skills history was a, is a plus twelve because they have hive mind. They pretty much have time travel at their disposal, so they pretty much like, know pretty... all of history, <laughs> except for that time the doctor wiped oh. memory their memories of him, which was weird. Uh, survival yeah. plus twelve; those things never die, um, or at least you can't wipe them out entirely. Uh, intimidation plus eight, pretty scary. Uh, they That's are the good. most feared warrior race in the universe. I like, Senses I like... dark. 
I'm sorry, I was just like, I just like that how in the show it is so much like that they are like the scariest. I like and they 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 are to a point, but again, they are just like little dustbins rolling around. I'm just it's it's a very much a lot of the time it's very show and not like telling and not showing with the whole like they are the spookiest boys in the universe. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I do want to give one a cuddle. That's the problem. <laughs> want to flick its little plunger and see what happens. Like, okay. Yeah, a lot of people do tend to find them cute. It's something. It's something you see a lot on the Aww. on online is that people find Daleks adorable. Um, it's so like cute. the opposite of how children felt uh, sixty years or fifty years ago when they they started airing on yeah. television. Um, so yeah. senses, I gave them dark vision, and I invented something called I think I invented it called thermal vision because I, I figured they kind of got like thermal scopes out of their eye stalks. Um, so yeah. thermal vision being, uh, you know, if it was smoky or misty, they could still uh, see warm bodies through it. Uh, that would not apply if they yeah. were fighting, say, a lizard man who was cold-blooded. Like, I, th- I, I like that, yeah. that kind of, like, conversation, that, that whole opens, like, do do we know that, like, tieflings are, like, hot-blooded? No, they would be hot-blooded, wouldn't they? Because they're, like, fire I feel like there'd be fire in their blood. Be like, they'd be the ho- they might yeah. actually blind a Dalek's <laughs> thermal vision. Ooh, that's even cooler. <gasps> yeah, oh, maybe, like, that, I, I like that as kind of, like, a... A thing that they've got like maybe you can if you think about that you can use it to your advantage like oh there's mm-hmm. it's seeing all the warm bodies so just like throw up like a firewall around mm. it can't see sweet fuck because firewall yeah it's it's actually surprisingly deep for such a small like part of the yeah statue. yeah yeah, yeah i would have to think a little bit more too is uh does it Cre- uh, do they activate thermal vision or is it always on? This is a cool fucking Dalek that you made already. Like, I'm I'm so into this. Like, I, I didn't even for a moment think about creating based on something else. This is dope. I'm into this. Well, I was wondering, like, when you're making your Dalek, were you looking at anything else that was pre-existing in the D&D universe? Or is this mostly just, you know, your brain calculating it? I, I mostly pulled it from Doctor Who, but I did have the Avalith stat block in front of me so I could see you know, the structure of how a stat block is built. So I went straight down the line, and that's what I'm doing here, starting with challenge rating, going through AC, HP. Um, yeah. And then when it came to the uh, those innate abilities that are in things, what is it, what do they call them? Um, uh, yeah, whatever those things that they have just underneath, like the challenge rating and everything. Oh yeah, like they're they're like they're like cool extras. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those I all, I made all up, and I made the the actions all up. But like I wanted to make sure to pull, you know, assign appropriate stats for something at the challenge rating I wanted, assign appropriate languages, senses. Um, sometimes creatures have vulnerabilities. The Ablith doesn't, but um, I was actually playing the other day, so I remembered the. You know, scarecrows are vulnerable to fire. So I did add some vulnerabilities for the Dalek, uh, which includes stairs and wooden floors <laughs> and minus five to any athletics rolls. Um, however, that is resolved and, like, reconciled with new Doctor Who in one of their actions. Their action is, levit- uh, like, self-levitate, okay. where they cast levitate on themselves uh, with the exception that they can control their movements while suspended, unlike the normal levitate spell in which whatever is levitated can't control yeah. their movements. Um, so then I moved on to uh, their, like I said, their, their cool extras. In the case of the Dalek, um, I gave it something called Force Field. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll just read what I wrote down here. While a, Dal- a Dalek's Force Field is active, it has AC 22. The Force Field itself has uh, an AC of 17 and an HP of 50. Any attack roll that is greater than 17 but less than 22 hits the Force Field instead of the Dalek until the field drops to zero HP. 
Any hit li uh, like this does not break the Dalek's concentration. Any attack roll above 22 breaks the force field instantly. So the Dalek has its own HP, and then its force field has HP. So those are kind of um, separate. Um, but while the force field's up, the Dalek can channel spells or channel whatever it's doing. That's really cool. Like, this is, again, like that, that yeah, the, the like, technomancy kind of thing of uh, taking something that is very D&D, like, like spells of protection and shit and being like oh well, like spell of protection is a force field like it's a force field you can sci-fi this shit up no matter what it's great mm. I, I i i i really liked as well there um when, when you have um uh, when you said that when when you get higher than 20 like 22 um on the attack that the shield yeah. breaks instantly it's nice to have a a way to get a like it, it's kind of a unique way to get around um a big a big wall like that and um like if 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 you didn't have that, then you would be like simultaneously doing sometimes damage to the Dalek and sometimes to the force field, and then you would have like two two hit hit point totals to keep track of and stuff. Yeah, so that that cuts yeah. it really nicely into like a nice like like it, it wouldn't be as hard to run that. Yeah, and I, I thought about that when I made this. You know, if it was just the force field was straight up, uh, and you had to get through the whole HP block. Um, it might be a little bit higher challenge rating, and it just didn't make, you know, some things just blow up dogs regardless of their force field. Like, I wanted it to be a little bit true to canon. <laughs> like, sometimes, you know, if Mickey Smith fires a big yeah. cannon at the Dalek, it blows them up regardless of the force field, but if you fire, <laughs> apparently if Cybermen fire their lasers, it just bounces off the force field. So, clearly, Mickey is rolling higher attack uh, with that cannon. Um, so, oh, you know. Mickey. Oh, forget Mickey. about you, you forgettable son of a bitch. <laughs> you are so fine. Never forget oh. about Mickey. <laughs> You're so fine. You blow my Dalek's mind. Hey, Mickey. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> oh, uh, so just, there is uh, just one more native uh, ability, which is hive mind, that all Daleks have all information that other Daleks have, including senses such as vision. So if you're facing three Daleks and they're all looking in different directions, all three Daleks can see all of those directions. Ooh, that's really cool. Mechanically, that might mean uh, and, and, and that it's like, harder to do a sneak attack. Yeah, and also, like, if you're, like, sneaking into, I don't know, the Dalek stronghold, I guess, then, like, you're, you're a bit fucked. They all know you're there. Yep, yep. Unless you're the doctor, in which case. Mm. Unless you're the doctor. They never you know. Do that should, that should have been one of their vulnerabilities. <laughs> <laughs> just the doctor. Your cleric. Yeah. Fucking cleric is just sitting there, like, what the fuckos? I'm pretty sure I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, so then uh, just the actions list is the last part of building this monster because um, it's got to be able to attack, obviously, or do stuff. Yeah. So I gave it four actions. Does. I already described the levitate, so that's, you know, that's pretty much the only way a Dalek's going to be able to move in most of the... Because most of Dungeons & Dragons world doesn't have metal floors, so um, they're going to be using that levitate action a lot. Uh, but exterminate... Dalek casts, uh, and so what I did for their their blaster was um, they shoot Eldritch Blast. A beam, okay. crackling beam of force, they're shooting a laser. Um, mm. And that was actually easy to come up with because uh, a buddy of mine who runs uh, Warlock just calls his Eldritch Blast his laser cannon. Um, <laughs> Dope. Uh, and I gave it, because it, again, it's a Dalek and it's challenge rating 10, I gave it twice per turn. I, I modified the damage roll to uh, 3d10. So it's a it's a pretty potent laser, which is I think pretty in line with the um, the Daleks in the show. Their their weapons are very deadly. Yeah. Uh, extraction is uh, using its plunger. So if it can get close enough within a five foot range, it can use its uh, plunger to do four d uh, six psychic damage. And if successful, the doctor learn uh, the Dal the Dalek. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, not the doctor. The, the doctor would be a good Dalek, but... I was going to say, that's um, a very good twist. That's a very good twist I was not seeing coming. Uh, the Dalek will learn some information about its foe, because I believe once or twice we've seen a Dalek use the plunger to extract information from, like, somebody's brain. Uh, and then the final action it has is uh, called Temporal Shift, which the Dalek casts uh, the spell Planar Shift to escape a hairy situation. And that can only be used once every 24 hours. Uh, and that's something that we have seen in Doctor Who. Their, their whole, like, no retreat thing goes real out the window real fast in so many instances. Yeah, it's like, there's, <laughs> like, if the, like all of them are dying, one of them will temporal shift, and then the Daleks survive, so. Yep. It's pretty much how they have lived through all of this time and space, no matter what the Doctor does. Um, uh, and that is, that is my Dalek. Rad. That's awesome. Oh, I'm very happy. As that's you really reach cool. the end of your description... The I more like, you talked about him, the more I thought of Mario. What? He has like a plumber. He's he's he's, he's kind of a plumber. He's an evil <laughs> metal plumber. And he, I mean, he's, it's 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 Mario in a bin. I mean, he's levitate. That's his double jump. Or like when he gets the when he gets the fox thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you've had too much or too little coffee this morning, but it's like it's the perfect amount. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. There's nothing quite like having Folgers in your cup and talking Daleks. Now, I imagine Mario broke into Scarrow to try to save Princess Peach, but Davros took him and turned him into the first Dalek. Oh, God. Like the... oh my God. I, I've got like a new fanfic that I have to write like real fast, guys, if we can just like pause the stream for a hot moment. Um, but that's fucking dope. Um, oh, one of my varying important questions that I've got. Looks wise, does it look like a very true to in the show Dalek, or is it like a Yoldi Dalek and it's got like I don't know what's Yoldi monocles? I don't fucking know. Does it have a monocle on its? Stock? Yeah, it's got a monocle over its eye stalk. Yeah, that'd be adorable. Um, I mean, the as far as the look goes, it's uh, you can describe it however you want. I mean, that's one of the things I like about Dungeons and Dragons when it comes to the um. The, the monsters that you put in the world, like, you can adapt them to whatever you want, really. Uh, one, one of the games I ran recently, I had a Deba that was actually, like, a fae celestial Deba. So instead of an angel appearance, it actually had, like, a wolf-like appearance um, when it was in the, the uh, material plane. So, like, you can... I, I, I would describe this, in my mind, probably as a traditional Dalek if I had it in the campaign. Except, except the monocle. Maybe the... Instead of... <laughs> the monocle. Yeah, maybe a monocle, or maybe the material is more like iron or more... Oh, um, yeah, like Maybe the... there's no light bulbs on top, or the light bulbs are glowing <clears throat> um, with magical energy instead of, like, a straight-up light bulb. You could, pro- um, you could probably work it into, like, the Warforged law and stuff. And, yeah. That'd be yeah, so cool. definitely. Oh, I'm super into this now. Okay, we're gonna probably have to move on just so that we get through everyone. I remember when I was like, oh, if we get through them all too fast, I don't think that that's gonna be the case. Anyway, <laughs> back back to our D4, let's go. Well, fuck, that's me. Okay, so, mine first comes with the confession that I did not write it for the stream. I wrote it for um, the finale episode of my D&D campaign, which happened two days ago now. Um, and I've just not had time since. So, we're getting that one. Um, so this creature started out as, as me wondering why this, like, big, bad end boss was going to be so big and bad. Because, technically, the big, bad end boss is, a uh, satyr. Or sat- it's not satire, that's a, a that's a comedy kind of thing. A satyr? 
never had a clue how to pronounce it, but I'm going to pronounce it in 50 different ways during this stream. Okay. Oh, does anyone have shots? You can take a shot for every time I pronounce it's fucking different and stupid. Um, but yeah, so Sadios aren't super like hard. Like They've got a challenge rating of half, so it's not on its own going to be uh, a problem. So I was thinking that because uh, it exists in the Feywild, and there's a lot of different lands in my version of the Feywild, that it's got its own stretch of land. And I was thinking that every kind of land is very connected to the land's owner. So as soon as someone takes a step on the ground of the Satyr's land, uh, it will know about it as well as it would know that you're stepping on its feet. Um, so I decided that instead of just the land being straight up ground the land is the monster so i've created a monster land which i'm i was very happy about um <laughs> the place the place he lives is called the glen so the monster is called glen his name is glen and i love him he's my baby <laughs> um so i i decided to model him somewhat on dragons because dragons like uh, like adult dragons have layer actions and he's very in a very real sense, a layer. So he would have his own layer la actions based on himself. So the, the land and the satyr are kind of tied. So I'm just going to speak about them as one. And that one is going to be called Glenn because he's my beautiful baby boy. <laughs> um, so looking at the, um, at the monster manual uh, is where I kind of got his stats for like his hit points, his AC um, and kind of what, what his mods would be. So the HP I gave him was around, to be, well, to be fair, I gave him at the beginning around like 200, 250 hit points because I didn't know exactly how beat up my characters would have been beforehand. Turns out they were not beat up at all when they got to fight him because they did some sneaky skullduggery shit, um, which is where my, <laughs> my first advice comes. If you make uh, an HP for, like, an amount of HP for a monster, and it turns out that either your characters are blowing through it, or they are very much dying, and you have vastly over-underestimated how much HP it's gonna have, they don't fucking know. You can change that whenever you goddamn want. So in the middle of the battle, he got, like, an extra 100 hit points, because I was like, yeah, they're, like, they're gonna rinse through him uh, before the fun shit starts. Um, I gave him uh, an AC of 18 because it would be kind of high because he's essentially just ground and while it's easy to hit the ground uh, it's not necessarily easy to damage it because you know all all the important stuff I mean like his his <laughs> land guts I don't know I don't know <laughs> what he's got on the inside of him like if he's got like a nasty like worm heartbeat in somewhere but Glenn's hard to hit in any way that really matters. Um, for the f like the speed, I decided that he was going to be slower than anything because while it it's ground, like what are you what are you gonna do? How are you moving? Um, I've just made it so that um, the kind of head of him, so his like head and arms would form of the ground and start like crawling his way along, smashing at people. Um, but that would go kind of slow because it's just kind of reforming itself. It's like terraforming itself every time that it wants to move. Um, and I didn't think that that would be especially fast. Mm. 
As for attacks, I took, uh, again, ones that the... the I, I used the a green dragon for it, my kind of base because it was kind of poisonous and shit and like was very of the nature. And again, I'm literally writing about ground, which is as much nature as you can fucking get with a creature. Um, so I gave him uh, per turn. He can have uh, two claw attacks, one tail attack. What I wrote tail down, though it's more like a giant branch that comes and smashes people. Um, I just I just <laughs> ripped the the stats right out of the monster manual, like seven plus seven to hit. 3d6 plus 5 kind of shit. Um, and I also wanted to give him the dragon's ability, the classic ability of Frightful Presence, because a literal demon has just grow grown out of the ground and is changing everything around you. That's pretty spooky. Which, in turn, made uh, the barbarian just utterly useless through the entire fight because his wisdom is toilet garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he just did nothing. We were down a man for that entire fight, which was very funny to me, at least. Uh, his, his, like, stat mod, I gave, like, a plus six to strength, because basically boulders and dirt. Uh, dexterity, I gave a plus one, because I thought, you know, he's got vines and shit, but other than that, he's not that dexterous. Uh, Constitution plus five, because, again, big old patch of ground. <laughs> uh, I gave him an intelligence of plus two, and I was kind of working this out as he's got the kind of sentience of the person that owns the land. So his his intelligence is kind of the intelligence of the, the person, because otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Um, same for the wisdom, because, yeah, they're kind of one mind. Um, though his charisma is minus two because it is the ground and it's not that interesting <laughs> for a date. Um, I made him, um, so I'm going to read what I wrote here. <laughs> I put immune to psychic damage, immune to charm, and anything else that seems fucking reasonable. I don't know. I was, it was late when I was writing this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking, like, on the day, if someone, I don't know, tries to seduce the ground, then I'm like, okay, well, no, that doesn't work. Shut up. So, again, if on the day you realize something about your monster, it's totally fine just to put that in. You created it. It's your brain, baby. It can change no matter what, because you're God, and you can do what you want. Um, I also gave him uh, legendary action, so once per turn, um, the ground that he controls uh, tremors with a DC 17. Uh, otherwise you're getting bludgeoning damage from all the rocks that he tosses around like a big giant dirt baby and you're knocked prone. Um, then was my favorite part of all the layer actions because he's a layer. Uh, so layer actions, if people don't really know, layer actions are for uh, things that have like the ability to like change the ground around them. Uh, dragons very typically have this because they've got their lair and so they've got basically traps in the lair that you can fuck with which is real fun they normally go on the initiative count of 20 so they go first in every round which is very fun so but I, I did it a little bit different than the normal lair actions so I gave um, one of them was grasping roots and vines that will restrain them if, if unless they're able to dodge out the way uh, another is poisonous fog that comes from the trees and deals poison damage. Uh, another is a big line of 
of like undercurrent and brush that like it that doesn't tangle them up but will deal damage to them um and the last one is a magical fog that if the the satyr can see the person that it's targeting then it will become charmed by them uh normally these effects will go on um for like a lot longer of a time but i i thought that it would be a bit easier to manage it if it was every round the effects of the old one would die off um just because the the challenge rating was a bit too high for the party that i was working with so i kind of wanted to make sure that there was uh just like a little bit more fairness in it like i because the challenge rating was too high like i looked into oh what is it called it's um encounter calculator generator or something like that there's a website if you type in those words and maybe D&D uh, into your search bar you'll probably come up with whatever it is um, and if you put in the challenge rating of the monster and the and your um, players levels then it will kind of show you what what you're looking at every time I did it it came up with deadly 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 <laughs> so I was like okay <laughs> hmm. I'll make it a little bit easier so by taking the the dragon stats and just kind of nerfing them a little bit uh it made it a lot easier to create this creature that being said i had no idea how it was going to run in the game like i didn't know if because of the modifications i made it would be easy for them to die instantly or it would be easy for them to kill it instantly uh so that was that was a fun little thing yeah, no, yeah i'm just yeah the 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 huge monsters with legendary actions and all sorts it, it's i i haven't um i haven't made anything like that yet and i haven't i haven't run one from the book either um so far um so yeah that's it's all it, that is a very scary world oh, and yeah yeah <laughs> it would be really easy to design something that didn't last and yeah yeah my uh my partner was with me when i was uh when i was writing it and every so often they just had to listen to me going mm, i hope i don't kill them all like <laughs> Why do you say all like that? It's like, well, I want to kill some of them. I mean, come on, it's a big encounter. Some of them have to die. Jeez. Uh, so they think that I'm a bit of a psychopath, but in like a fun way, in like a fun psychopath way. Um, but yeah, as, as I've been able to actually like player test this one, which the rest of you Chuckle Fox didn't get to do, so. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it, it, went, it went really well. As I say, like I did have to like fudge some of the numbers that I had set before. Uh, just so that it made it an interesting encounter. Um, it was also fun to see uh, people interact with it and try and uh, damage it in ways that uh, I hadn't necessarily thought. Um, and yeah, it was, it, was, it was really cool. It was really cool. I think I, I would like to count it as a success. My good big dirt boy, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> How did your players uh, react to them? Dirt boy. Or uh, the, so the, they knew something was up with the land because the, they got information that it was like kind of trapped. Um, but I, I don't think that they were expecting the ground itself to actually erupt into a creature. So I think that they were unpleasantly surprised. I was going to use pleasant, but they fucking hated me. So <laughs> eh, whatever. Um I mean, they, but yeah, so they I think they reacted as positively as you can to something that's going to murder you. No one likes being grounded, <laughs> so I'm going to actually burst you. 
you're, you're gonna get a pun meter, and when it fills up, I'm gonna come to your house and murder you. That's a, that's a hefty plane ticket to just murder me. But, okay. I mean, look, I, I could do with a break anyway. It would be a fun journey, whatever. Like, we'll hang out beforehand. That would be yeah, rad. I mean, then the murder. Treat me to a nice meal. And then kill me. Look, Emily, that we have audio of this recorded now, so if you wanted oh, to go to the police immediately, Stupid you could probably get Ismay plan. thrown in jail. Okay. My dad. If you get Ismay thrown oh, in jail, no. you can take over the podcast. Like, oh, none of y'all bitches have got my password. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my dad works for the government. I can figure it out. My dad works for Nintendo, so like, <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was good. Oh, I feel Lord. very safe. <laughs> I'm glad that we're calling this episode Monster Factory because evidently you are a monster and you want to murder me. <gasps> no, I have a very high I armor just... class. I would like a count on the number of times Ismay has brought up murder. <laughs> Look, only every episode <laughs> is the problem. Hey guys, you're here alone with Ismay now. We're going to talk some break talk time. Uh, first off, sorry that the episode is coming up a little bit later. I'm trying to do uh, Thursday releases normally, but... Um, I don't have an excuse as to why this one is later. I just didn't edit it is the problem. That's that's why it's late. Oopsie fucking dupes. As for plugs this week, we've got an upcoming podcast called TARDIS Hop by Adam Terry, who you may remember from like maybe like 10, 15 minutes ago describing a very, very good D&D Dalek. Um, TARDIS Hop is going to be all about going back to previous episodes of Doctor Who, giving them a watch and giving them some reviews and shit. Uh, which is going to be dope as hell because it's it's Doctor Who. If you don't watch Doctor Who, then like, I don't know, probably do that first. But if not, it's it would be a fun thing to watch along with. Fuck it, do that. It'll be it'll be weird. You'll be introduced to everything in the complete wrong order, and it'll be dope as hell. Other than that, we've got the usual plug of the Unlikely Heroes at twitch.tv forward slash unlikelygm. Uh, 7GMT every Sunday, that's from Hemko, who has been on the stream before, and will be in the future again. And of course, as for me, you can go to twitch.tv forward slash ateakupgamer and see me do all my streamy games stuff there. And also see this show live at Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. Also, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud right now, you can download it, you can follow, you can share, and you can like, and I would encourage you to do that so that you could help us out. That would be fucking cool as hell. Uh, other people will get to know about the show. That would be nice. You could talk to them about it. Uh, and it, it would make me feel better. I don't fucking know if that if that makes you want to do it more, but it would. Also, we're on iTunes now, so you can go over to iTunes, leave us a review there, give us a five-star rating because it's a five-star fucking show. I found out that it would let me write a review, which is buck-fucking-wild, so I got to write a really glowing review of my own show. Also, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, then you can go in the description and find our Discord channel where you can talk to us and talk about what you would like to see in upcoming episodes. You can also find that link again down at A Teacup Gamer. Uh, but that's it for now, so I will hopefully see you again next week live at 5pm GMT on A Teacup Gamer to listen to this good, good D&D podcast. I would also like to put out there that Discord fucked up and I didn't hear the two people correcting me on how to say Seder. And so I pronounced it sadier the entire time, like a fucking dillweed. But okay, fuck it, whatever. I'll, I'm gonna keep pronouncing it sadier because shut up, I do what I want. Listen to this stupid episode, whatever. That was a cool monster, Ismay. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was awesome. It's nice to, it's nice to hear one that mm-hmm. actually got, uh, has been run in a game and yeah. with feedback. Yeah. That is valuable. 
most of the feedback was, why are you killing us now? I'm like, well, because it's the final episode, and one of you got to die. None of them did, and I'm It's sad your job. It. Whatever, fine, we'll go. <laughs> anyway, up next. <laughs> nope, you've already gone. Oh, the, D, the D4 isn't working. Oh, I could just split in half, couldn't I? Ugh, beans. Ugh, beans. Okay. Flip a coin. Uh, Alfred, you're up next. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so when I was coming up with the monster i mostly wanted to i don't know there's like a few there's a few ways you can there's a few few ways you can go when it comes to choosing what you're gonna make but i really wanted to i was saying i haven't i haven't had any experience running really big bad monsters so i wasn't gonna like try to you know i wasn't gonna screw with that we're gonna try and make um, the ground your enemy the earth beneath yeah, I, don't, I don't want to have to think about what being the ground means. What's being the ground mean to uh, you? So, yeah. I was just trying to think of areas um, that I'd like to flesh out more with more monsters. Um, I was thinking a lot about the uh, the bards and the fact that music is in the game, but I, I, I like the, the fact that music is magic and there's really no... Um, it's not really explained much. There's no, like, cosmology in... D and D about that, but in the end, I kind of backed away from that as well. Um, okay. I have some, <laughs> I, have, I have a couple of pages of ideas relating you're to that. You're duping us. You're duping us so hard on this one, <laughs> like you're zagging around the place. But yeah, so so in the end, I just I I really wanted to have something like like some kind of desert creature, um, because like there's not many desert creatures in the game, and you know obviously it's a desert. <laughs> it's 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 tough to live in a desert. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, but I, I really like the idea of um, like some kind of like in in sci-fi you get a lot of um, a recurring theme of like like vehicles that can skim across the sand and stuff like yeah. uh, kind of like sand boats, yeah. right? Or maybe maybe that's just me. <laughs> oh no, I, I I know what you're talking. No, about. they definitely had those in Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I think counts as science fiction. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really, I, uh, so I, I kind of basically went to um, the Pegasus stat block and was kind of um, playing with that um, to get some kind of like winged gliding creature um, rather than something that can fly. Um, I just really like the idea of like, I, I just had like a strong image of like some kind of um, creature just like gliding from dune to dune and and um so yeah so i went to the pegasus um stat block there's a few um like going from that um idea there's a few different stat blocks i could have used but um but the pegasus is really good um like they're they're beautiful majestic horses uh, of course yeah. they're where you should go first i didn't think to have the stat block in front of me ah, fuck it. you don't need stats you just need that's what i told my it. math teacher back in high school i don't need stats <laughs> <laughs> How fast did you get failed on it, though? Well, I didn't. I graduated college, so spoiler alert, I got through it. They didn't make me uh, do any math to go to college. They're just like, look, you're a stupid piece of shit, but, like, you can write things good, so off you go. I'm so God, the UK is kind of broken. I (laughs) did find ways to avoid math requirements, though, once I hit (laughs) university. Oh, we had no requirements. I just got to like write things and film shit the entire time god the uk's dope right oh uk anyway go on about your beautiful beautiful horse boy my wallet cry (laughs) oh yeah sorry guys (laughs) we stole all your free education real bad as as you were saying (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so 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 really like i i basically just had the the pegasus minus the flying and then trying to come up with kind of a gliding mechanic i'm not sure if any um if there are any monsters that already have kind of gliding rules and stuff um but 
yeah, I just like the idea of um, so so basically, yeah. The the mechanic I came up with was just um, uh, having a glide speed of like ninety feet, mm. as opposed to the fly of one twenty. Yeah. Um, and then having it like uh, it must move uh, if it wants to remain gliding, uh, then it has to move its full move full gliding movement every turn. Okay. Um, and if it doesn't do that on a turn, then it's grounded, and uh, it has to like it has to spend a turn using the dash action to get gliding again. Um, so, so it has to run and jump into a glide. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, just really pick up speed. But yeah, and the and the uh, the other thing that I wanted to think about was just that, um, like, there's got to be some kind of magic to this. <laughs> um, but so 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 kind of the the my I guess my law is that it is kind of using um, manipulating the wind and the sand around it um, to help it uh, like maintain its lift. Um, but that ha- that that had some really cool things for it. C- gave me cool ideas about um, how it would how it would hunt and defend itself um, by using using like sand and kicking up big big uh, like dust clouds. And then I really like the idea of it um, having the being able to kind of basically having like echo echo location, but um, I like instead of echo, sound echo by like. Location. It's like, hey, yeah, I, yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, my, my voice is really well-timed stutter. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, but yeah, just so, so basically, the idea is that it, it, it's sensing the area around it inside this dust cloud um, by f- like kind of feeling the collisions of the sand um, against things, mm. so it can kind of locate things that way. Um, but I really like the idea of um, because because in in D anD D basically everybody has night vision. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like I like I like the idea of having these like these these encounters where like the players can't see anything and and there's something like flying through the through the the cloud and just like you know passing them. Yeah. So I, so it also has the um, it has an ability called flyby. Um, where which which a few creatures have where it just doesn't provoke opportunity attacks mm-hmm. um, if it flies past an enemy basically so yeah but the, those two things and the the only other uh, main thing is um, I gave it a bite attack that can also grapple and if it's gliding while it, while it grapples uh, it can pull you with it basically Ooh. oh that's <clears> sounds really unpleasant if you get bitten by a gliding. Sandwich. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so so I should say I, I totally didn't mention this, but um, the idea was that it had kind of like cat-like features and like a li- kind of like a lion head-ish. Ah, a bit of magic and <clears throat> big beautiful rather horse. Than, rather, <laughs> yeah, rather rather than like a horse a horse head. <laughs> clock down. Sorry, I was I like how you, totally terrifying. imagining the wrong thing. <laughs> I like how you made it part cat, so the sand theme almost makes it like kitty litter. Like I like that tie. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I really water. hope that it has like an additional damage block where it's like sand chafing or if they're oh, around it too no. long like the sand gets in all the bad uh, places all the bad oh, no. places mm. oh. that is a good idea <laughs> Ew. oh no oh now I'm imagining it and I'm just, I feel like I need a shower just like by osmosis good lord if you enter its territory mm. you run the risk of stepping on buried poop oh yeah, yeah. and like like mm. every so often in the dust cloud, like hairballs like smashing into your face, and God, just randomly knocks you over. But yeah, so so that, that's basically it. It was it was just um, take, I just like the taking taking the Pegasus, get, giving it a glide mechanic, and then giving it a couple of different ways that the glide mechanic ties in with its other stuff as well. 
like the fact that the bite the, the bite grapple can only be used if it's gliding because otherwise it's not going to have the yeah. force to pull you along with it yeah i i need to be 100 percent honest with you ever i don't know why but since the beginning i've not really been imagining it gliding so much as i've been imagining it on like a surfboard for some oh, yeah. reason. I, I did, did write the I word surfing a, surfing a few times. Horse. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when when I when I steal this creature for my campaign, I hope you know that it's going to be like surfing along <laughs> the the desert, which is going to be pretty dead. I'm, I'm essentially imagining like a Bojack character with sunglasses and <gasps> basically oh, just a horse yes. with sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, if, if if it's your turn now and you don't just say that your creature is a horse with sunglasses, I might cry because <laughs> I want to talk more about the sunglass horse. <laughs> Sadly, I don't have the sand horse version of Neon Cat. Um, but <laughs> um, Oh, good. But I was also, but Emily, that's you up now. Okay, I'm going to warn everyone up front. I, I, I was given the least, like, kind of, I got a little bit amount of time, but not a whole lot amount of time. No. And uh, yeah. I, I want to take you on this journey with me. And I think, opposed to last week, Ismay, you're going to gonna understand this <laughs> reference more. If you fucking do British Bake Off, I will contact <laughs> If you've done very fucking bad, I'm getting my goddamn plane ticket right now. I fucking tell you. <laughs> Um, let me just let me just build this world for you for a moment. Oh God! <laughs> it's been days since you've last eaten. The pangs of hun- hunger begin to eat away at your mind. Are those stalactites or waffle cones? The dripping water, melting ice cream? You can't be sure. But out of the corner of your eye lies certainty. It nearly beckons you closer. Its silver handle, its smooth groove at its center, metallic gorgeous just waiting to be fried up but the eyes those red eyes those don't belong to the pan you look up and you only see a man yes (laughs) a man with spaghetti like blonde hair with a life of their own and then you hear a voice an absolutely terrifying voice that sends that ripples your very core <laughs> Do you want a fucking medal? <laughs> Standing before you is Gorgon Ramsey. <laughs> oh yes. Oh boy. Oh, I shook my entire table. <laughs> oh, oh my audio is unusable. Holy shit. Fucking hate you so much. I'm so very oh, mad. Oh God, can you fucking tell us about it? I'm gonna kill you, but like these are gonna be your last words. I fucking hope that it was worth it. It's so worth it. So oh, yeah, it's Gorgon Ramsay, and Jesus he is Christ. one of three of the British baking Gorgon sisters, uh, just of the of the British mean people. So it's Gorgon Ramsay. It's Simon Cowell. And it's oh god, and it's that guy oh. from Dancing with the Stars, Bruno. <laughs> just because I know he's not British, but I, I thought he would be a nice addition. Just and that guy, together, you when, know. They're, when they're together, they just incite the most amount of fear in people. 
So, um, some of uh, Gorgon Ramsey's attacks Shit. are preheat, where he 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 uh, gets himself ready for battle and he adds an additional d8 to all of his attacks for a uh, for a minute. Um, he has spice it up. Where he, uh, where he uh, strips? I don't like. <laughs> no, it's where he like takes out his like salt and pepper shakers and he mm-hmm. blinds uh-huh. everybody mm-hmm. with it. So if they if if he chooses pepper, then they get into a sneezing fit for two minutes and they have to take disadvantage on act like rolls that need on more accuracy. So like if they're shooting a bow and arrow, it would be like okay, well you have to. Uh, you get disadvantage. And then uh, he has Idiot Sandwich. <laughs> Yay! Which is my favorite. Wow. Where he conjures two giant slices of uh, whole wheat bread. Oh, and that's he puts important. It, <laughs> and he puts it between a person's head. Uh, between, You know what I mean. He, he sandwiches the brain bits. And uh, their intelligence goes to zero for however long <laughs> that they fail their, their intelligence saving. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, when Fuck he man. and his uh, Gorgon sisters are together, oh. uh, they can and they can instill on the, the party uh, self-doubt, where oh. everybody has to take disadvantage on all their roles no matter what like they mm-hmm. they don't have they can't save but that's like they're they can only use that attack once so um that's gorgon ramsey and he also has some catchphrases which i'm sure you're familiar with Jeez. where mainly <laughs> oh and anytime he says fucking he gets uh, an additional three hit points back and now we know why he does it so much <laughs> Right, because oh he's God. so nervous. But um, the the great thing about Gorgon Ramsey, though, is that uh, he is sometimes a a gentle beast, as we see with him on the children's shows that he's on. Oh, yeah. And so, if you are younger than twenty five years of age, he will just kind of like you, Christ. and you have advantage on charisma rolls with him. What kind so. of world do you run exactly? <laughs> like the best world. <laughs> what like what kind of game is this that you have? Okay, never mind. You know what? You can ask these questions. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking question. <laughs> well, you see, sometimes, sometimes Emily doesn't prepare for her for her DM meetings, and she's like. Like, I want it to be known just, like, very, very, so, like, we, we had someone that eventually had to drop out the last minute, so Emily essentially got the, the memo that she'd be on today, um, I was like, oh, like, if I have time, I might be able to knock something out, and comes up with this beautiful monstrosity, so, like. (laughs) Do your players just walk through a world of puns and, like, (laughs) wordplay? Like, can they predict what's going to happen on any given day based on like, <laughs> what the most appropriate pun is for that, oh. for the situation they're in. Um, yes. And they also know that I personally will derail the campaign if they say something and a pun pops into my head. Then I, I have made pun monsters on occasion because oh, if they occasion. offer up something to me on a silver platter, then I will have to give them Gorgon Ramsey. Oh, uh, Jesus. And uh, there have been other times where I've had one shots where it's like, like when I was in college, it would be like a Halloween special and I would make all of my professors into monsters <laughs> and it would like coincide with what they taught. 
and so it, it was it was a lot oh, of fun shit. and that's kind of where that's where I thrive I and I like the drama too it's just I have fun making punny monsters <laughs> and everyone always takes a hit personally like in real game time so I get to see yeah. like actual physical pain <laughs> oh you were the monster <laughs> all along that. Yeah. <laughs> so I... all right did like, did the name come first, then the monster, or were you just like, all right, I need, I need to make a Gordon Ramsay monster. What's the best pun I can do with it? Well, um, the the pun came first because I was watching, oh, I was first. YouTube diving. <laughs> And I'm like, Gorgon Ramsay, that's beautiful. And then I thought to myself, they know who Gordon Ramsay is, right? Everyone knows who Gordon Ramsay is. Everyone knows Gordon. So, <laughs> oh, so how, how much does this look like a Gorgon? Like a Gorgon's kind of like, I'm looking at it now. It's a, it's like a bull that's made out of rock. So this is like of the where the bull's horns are. There's also blonde hair. Yeah, so the, and the, like... the Gorgon I was going off of was like the Greek the greek version where it's like medusa uh, so uh, it's like okay, okay. Uh, gotcha. because especially because his stare is like the like could yeah. petrify you so like uh, that was one idea yeah. like if he looks at you you have to make a saving roll to like not fuck up and oh wow yeah this is super different <laughs> than the the one in the the monster yeah, man I, I honestly looked that up first and i'm like this is nothing like the the, the greek ones but okay <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, I don't understand how they got from one to, like, how they got the bull thing out of... They just got confused by the Minotaur, like maybe? This. And then, they just, it was by the time the book was published, yeah. it was just, like, <laughs> poster running it, like, guys, guys, we messed up, like, real bad this time. Like, oh, Yeah, Wizards of the Coast definitely went through several rounds of, like, the telephone yeah. game to get from, like... They like, heard... <laughs> to get from, like... The original. <laughs> hey guys, I heard Medusa oh, makes things Jesus into rocks. Christ. What if we just cut out the middleman and make this a rock person? Like that must have been the oh plot process. God. I have no idea. So yeah, I what with most the... people don't know is that this is actually based on the Pokemon Taurus. <gasps> oh no. D and D. You did some time magic with that one, but I liked it. <laughs> oh god. I'm still I'm not I'm not like myself yet. Like I'm just mm-hmm. Like I feel, I feel like you've definitely like you're. I don't understand how your characters or like your player characters have kept going, because like Excuse this me. is like <laughs> exhausting me in real life. Like <laughs> you're playing like real life D and D, and you're just like t- like giving me points of exhaustion with every pun. I'm just like. I'm a ruined mess by the end. Oh, I often God. tell my players and just everybody in real life that I am a witch that's 3,000 years old, and the way that I stay young, every, uh, every time a person moans from a pun, a wrinkle evaporates from my face. And so... <laughs> that's very, very good. So that's, that's my mythos. The, siphoning the energy that they just that escapes them every time they hear a pun. Oh, jeez. Mm, num, 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 num. Thank that you. was. <laughs> I like being twenty-ish years old. This is great. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Okay, so, like, this is. I'm glad that you didn't go first because nothing else is ever going to follow that ever. Is yeah. the problem that I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like we won. we didn't have a system where like, oh yeah, we're going to say which one won in the end. Otherwise, I would have actually put some effort into it. But even then, <laughs> wouldn't have even come close to fucking Gorgon fucking <laughs> Ramsay. <laughs> Well, thank you so so much. Uh, oh, uh, Gorgon geez. and I are feeling very proud of ourselves. 
we, we, we really worked together to put the best dish forward, and we served it with pride. Um, I'm glad you ate it all up. I oh. I'll be by with your trophy and your murder in the morning. Like, Jesus. They don't call it Hell's Kitchen for nothing. Oh, so. God. Okay. Shit me. Okay, so let's do a round of what we have learned. <laughs> Either from this or from like our monster creation, we're gonna we'll go because we've already used our fucking dice roll shtick. We'll go we'll go alphabetically. Uh, apart from me, I'll go first so that you idiots have some moments to think. Even though like my brain's gone now after Gorgon Ramsay. Um, okay, tips tips. What I've learned from this episode. Um, I'm gonna go to jail for murder. One of them. But in terms of making a monster. Um, it's, it's very useful to take something from real life, whether it's, uh, or real life or from the manual, like whether you're getting, um, like a dragon, uh, and using the stats, whether you're taking inspiration from the ground itself, uh, from Daleks, from a show that you're done, or fucking Gordon mm. shitting stupid idiot Ramsey. <laughs> take what you've got, uh, in the world and, uh, make it into your game. And it's, it's a lot easier than building something entirely from scratch. <laughs> Okay, Adam, you, you're up next because your, your name is first. <laughs> yeah, I learned that uh, you can literally make anything into a monster, including the goddamn ground, <laughs> if that's what you choose, or just take a pun and give it a stat block. <laughs> <laughs> I also learned that it might be useful to, like, like Emily did, tell a little story at the beginning to sort of set up who this uh, monster is and why, and I like that a lot. Like, I, I want people to go back in this episode and define the, the moment that it clocked with me what was happening. <laughs> because there's just a litany of I hate. I feel so bad that you guys put so much effort into oh. this and I just pumped it. Oh no, it's so good. It's the best. Uh, uh, Alfred, what about you? Yeah, other than, other than the fact that puns are the only way to truly be creatively successful. Um, <laughs> yeah, just... <clears throat> Yeah, just pick, um, <laughs> l- looking for looking for areas where there aren't already pre-existing monsters. Pretty much, is was what I found really helpful. And absolutely using other stat blocks um, and just modifying them. There's the, yeah, yeah. There's no there's no coming. There's no reason to come up with a, a stat block from scratch. Definitely. And fuck Lord, what <laughs> what what are you goddamn? What's your tip? Well, uh... If you want to remain alive, don't do a podcast with Ismay and talk about puns. Uh, but uh, I, I, the main thing that I learned was like um, just the different ways that everyone approached making making their monsters. Uh, where it was like, uh, I mean, you created a Dalek, and you used both like kind of D and D and the fictional world to create them. We had a uh, kitty litter sand horse. Uh, and he was really cool. I thought he was awesome. Oh yeah, uh, Ismay created the Earth. Like, I also—I I didn't say it at the time. Sorry that I'm just cutting into your thing. Okay. I did say it at the time, but like, I like that that was like the only one that like has been made that wasn't necessarily just like, oh, it's set up as an enemy. It was just like that's just a cool creature that you can have in the world mm. that you can. Yeah, super I, fight. I totally forgot to say that coming. I, I did specifically coming come at it as like I, I wanted something neutral because I always loved the rust monster. The, or the rust, uh, what, I can't remember what it's called, but the the thing that just likes to eat metal, so it eats all of the adventurers' swords and stuff, which is, yeah, just Aww. the best thing ever. Oh, I love that. Um, but yeah, I just, there's, yeah, there's so much possibility when it's like a neutral, like, it, it doesn't hate you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's just there. Yeah. But you're going to fight it because you're assholes. Which I think yeah. that's really cool. And that's really interesting. And Ismay created a dirty boy. And <laughs> I didn't even do anything this stream, and like I've still managed to make a dirty boy. God damn it! And then he can Seems be like me, me, and just you know, go to Food Network and I think ABC, and just find your influence with food. Like now, if uh, we got if uh, Food Network wants to sponsor this, that would be dope. Like we've got a plug in for you already. Like become friends, it'd be great. Maybe I can finally meet Bobby Flay. Ooh, I, I know yeah. who that is now because of last <laughs> I'm week. I'm so proud which of you. you can totally go and watch, but we'll do other people's plugs first. So, Adam, you have a plug, do you not? Oh, that's uh, that's me. Oh, yes, it is. Do you have a plug for us today? Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks all for listening. You can follow me at Real Adam Terry. That's Terry with a T as in Tom. Um, and you can check out my upcoming podcast by Googling. It's going to be called TARDIS Hop, where we randomly watch Doctor Who episodes and talk about them. Dope, dope, dope. Um, well, as soon as the links to that go up, um, we will put them, they'll be in the description for Crit Chat, and they'll be in the um, in the SoundCloud description as well, so that people can go and access them a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, so for me, obviously, you can watch me here on this chat, well, where people are listening to it live right now on A Teacup Gamer on Twitch. Uh, follow my YouTube, all that kind of shit. I'm down as the same thing everywhere. Um, you can also, if you go to um, twitch.tv forward slash a teacup gamer, you can find uh, the Discord channel for Crit Chat uh, down in the description uh, where you can join in the discussion and you can uh, you can like ask if you want something new in the coming episodes. Like we'll take suggestions and maybe we'll talk about them in the future. Uh, you can also there find uh, links to download the previous episodes and listen to them in your own time. And now, I don't know uh, if you if I remember to tell you guys, but we are now on iTunes, uh, where you can go and fucking listen to us there. Like, it's pretty dope. Um, so mm-hmm. even if you don't uh, use uh, anything that uses iTunes, it would help us out a lot if you wanted to go there. Uh, search Crit Chat in podcasts and just leave a review. You can just five star it because why wouldn't you five star it? Uh, or leave a little review on it and it would be super, super helpful and uh, would let more people know about this. But yeah, other than that, we will see you live next Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT. And until then, I have been Ismay. I've been Adam. I've been Alfred. And I've been Emily. And you have been listening to this good fucking show that we call Crit Chat. <laughs> The outro music isn't working, guys. Crying. Oh shit, it's doing it! Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. on A Teacup Gamer.